Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, can I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Wolfen, down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. And does it smell good? Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. Noon on a Tuesday, it is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's actually time for some real lunch, too. Do you have anything? No, you know what? Uh, but maybe Friday. Friday, maybe Friday. Oh, the barbecue Friday. Well, and the hey, show, maybe. Maybe we just pretend it's Friday tomorrow. We'll see. Isn't that right, Rick? Uh, all right, Aaron Maloney's here with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron? So we're almost to the NBA All-Star break as the Phoenix Suns are getting ready to host the Kings tonight at 8 o'clock. Here's Bradley Beal from Shoot Around yesterday about the team needing to stay focused during these games around the break. I mean, we understand how important it is for us to get a win and important for us to stay at five and continue to move move up. Uh, we're in a really good spot, but you know, we could be in a better spot for sure. we got to get these last two. And, uh, you know, after break, we all know that's, that's downhill after that. But, you know, it's... We're confident in where we are. Um, our energy is great. Our focus is where it needs to be. We know we got a tough last, tough two. So the ones before the break always, everybody's just looking forward to just getting on their flights and going wherever they're going. But, you know, it's, we want to be a championship team. We got Every game matters, you know, especially the last two and the two after break. As always do. How important are these? last two games before the All-Star break for the Suns. You know, it's funny what he just said right there, too, that they're in fifth and you can always be better and stuff. Like, I just, I don't feel like we've looked at the standings barely at all this year. A little bit, right? Yeah, like, hey, you're right. okay, you're 10th. What's going on? But it really, with this team, for me this year, is do we see improvement over the course of the season? Or are they going to hit their, their stride and, and peak at just the right time? Um, the game tomorrow against Detroit... Like, you feel like if the Suns play the Pistons, they're going to win 99 out of 100 times. But the time where it would be dicey is the second half of a back-to-back going into the All-Star break. So yeah. that, I I agree with them. They better be focused for that game tomorrow. Yeah, this is going to be a nice little test of their collective mentality right now. This is going to be a nice little test to see how competitive tomorrow night's game <laughs> is going to be. <laughs> Knowing... You've got the break. Yeah. You've got all-star break. And as Bradley just said, jumping on that plane and going somewhere. That's my other question, too. Where would you go? Well, we know K-Ray's going to Barbados. Barbados. I'm not going to Barbados, bro. No, you're going to Rushford. Except you're not on break. So any ideas. (laughs) Veteran forward Thaddeus Young has agreed to sign a contract with the Phoenix Suns after he was bought out by the Toronto Raptors following the NBA trade deadline. That is reported, um, reportedly going to happen. So what do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, they were going to do something. They had to just to kind of have a full roster. Uh, You know, I'm at the point where I trust James Jones with these moves. And I think anybody that's watched basketball at any point over the last 17 years has a pretty good idea of what Thaddeus Young is. It's no risk. And if he can give you what you need, I mean, the stakes are going to be so high that there's a legitimate reward there. I love this. I really do right here. Um, Here's the scouting report. I ripped this from the Internet base. No-nonsense veteran. Great teammate on and off the court. Smart defender. Not an especially gifted athlete. His mileage may be starting to show. Not the same player as before, but great to have in a locker room. 
This is, you know, once check, again. Check. Yes. Check, yeah. This is exactly what they need. Royce O'Neal will play his second game as a member of the Phoenix Suns tonight. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, who should start in the playoffs for the Phoenix Suns, Grayson Allen or Royce O'Neal? Oh, okay, who should start? I'm going with Grayson Allen. Yeah, I'm just trying to run through the lineup. Yeah, I know. I really think it. this is going to be a cop-out answer, so I'm, this won't be my answer. But I really think it matters who you're playing. I mean, because oh, those guys okay. are so Come different. On. I, it does. But for this 12-minute beautiful part of the program's sake. Uh, based on what we've seen so far, I would still say Grayson Allen. So 83% said Grayson Allen, 17% oh, Royce O'Neal. 83%? Oh, the that fall, was a little steep. That was aggressive. The fallout continues surrounding Super Bowl 58 as multiple 49ers players admitted they were not aware of the Super Bowl overtime rules. Here's Dan Orlovsky on that. Absolutely a mistake by Kyle. Really two mistakes. Players not knowing the rules. So here's my, my thought on that. For a team that unquestionably knew it was going to be playing in January in playoff games and certainly a a decent chance to get to the Super Bowl for them to not be in totality prepared for any and everything is a disadvantage and I'm shocked that Kyle who I think the world of and who was in an overtime Super Bowl didn't have that team prepared at least for the knowledge of it and the fact that those are veteran players Juszczyk has been around forever and Armstead has been around forever so for that organization and for that team to not know mistake the decision when it happened and they took the football immediately i was like that's a mistake does this storyline continue to shock you can i say it is a mistake but to me do your job yeah just okay, stop now, yeah. look kyle shannon to me do your job yeah these guys sure should have known there was yeah. hey listen by the way you know there's a overtime rule change here they should have known no no doubt about it how does that impact you as a player? It should never impact you as a player, in my opinion. Makes me want to start swinging. Yeah. All the all the excuses I've ever heard from players that made vows at halftime that they were going to play for me. I don't understand the narrative that seems to be forming of, well, they would have won if they knew that. You No, I mean, the rule, the, however you want to cut the rules, the one rule if you want to win the Super Bowl is you need to stop Patrick Mahomes from scoring in overtime, and you didn't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't defend Shanahan not, like, informing his players. Maybe he's just trying to, to I can't block defend out it either. All, all Super Bowl overtimes because he had a bad experience in the past. But, I, you know, we talked about the decision to, to, take, or to, to take the ball first. I don't think that's just like a slam dunk no-brainer the way people are treating it. Zoe, when he was in here before, made a great point of the, the defense had just been on the field for two minutes while the Chiefs marched right down on them at the end of regulation. Shanahan's reasoning of we wanted the ball third if it came to that, I, I think there's something to that too. But the problem is you better score a touchdown if you're going to give Mahomes the ball second. Yeah. I just think it's what some players do. They point the finger. I don't like that. With the Super Bowl in the books, it's officially the NFL offseason. And ESPN draft analyst Matt Miller tweeted this out yesterday. Quote, these teams are set to control the draft. Cardinals with seven picks in top 104. Commanders, six picks in top 102. Packers, five picks in top 100. And Bears, two picks in top 10. Who do you think 
Do you believe that the Cardinals control the draft, or do you think there's another team that maybe controls it more? Well, it's interesting that they're all NFC teams, too, because the NFC seems a little behind after you get past the top couple teams. Um, I would say the Cardinals control it more than anybody except the Bears. I think the Bears right now, just by nature of having two top ten picks and one of them being number yeah. one, Nothing happens until the Bears decide what they're doing at quarterback. Yeah, the the argument I can make for the Arizona Cardinals is they're sitting at number four right now, and I do believe the first three picks of the draft will be quarterback. I do too. (laughs) Or at least they should be. And because of that, the draft starts at number four. To me, with the Arizona Cardinals. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. Arizona Sports and Copper Blues Desert Ridge is giving you the perfect Valentine's Day combo. Wings and Roses. Order wings tonight from 6 to 7.30 and get a dozen roses courtesy of Cactus Flowers while supplies last. Limit one per customer. Dine-in only. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details. All right. Kind of got into it, but the Suns have two games left before the All-Star break, and they're back-to-back. Just how important are these last two games? Bradley Beal had some pretty strong thoughts on it, and we'll get them to you next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, everybody, it's Bernsey. Just two games left for the Suns before the All-Star break. What are we going to learn about the Suns in this short week? It's the Burns and Gambo Show, 2-6 to six on Arizona Sports. Funny initial reaction, at least for me, Wolf would be like, "Okay, you got a game in Sacramento and a game against Detroit." Probably not going to learn a ton about the Suns, except considering the circumstances, back to back, right into the break. I think we actually will learn something about how locked in they are right now. Yeah, no, it, it really is. Um, this is going to be fascinating, especially. Watching tonight, yes, of course, against Sacramento, and I think uh, the the Suns will have um, a situation where they're going to be very, very intense tonight. But what about tomorrow night when you don't feel threatened and you're playing at home and it's the last game before the All Star flight break? leaves? Like I'm just three hours saying after right now, and it happens to be the Pistons. Are you going to be threatened by that? Individually, collectively. They're going to be talking about it. I promise you this much. They're going to be yelling at each other well, before that I game. So. I hope so, because you figure if you show up, I don't, want to, I don't want to pile on the Pistons. They are an NBA team. But if you show up against the Pistons tomorrow, you should win that game. What did they lose, like 30 in a row earlier this season? And, and maybe the fact that Monty Williams is coaching the Pistons helps. Except none of these sons really played for money except Booker and yeah. KD for a couple months. Yeah. Not even really. Right. So, um, no, that one's like tonight, you know, you're going to get up for this game. You're, you're one and two against Sacramento this season. You know, Sacramento's going to be up for it because you just came back from down 22 on them with eight minutes left uh, like a month ago. So, th- this one tonight's just going to be a good basketball game. But tomorrow's the one where it's like, if you lose focus, that's a really embarrassing way to go into the All Star break. You know, honestly, I. I... <laughs> Until you mentioned it there, I kind of forgot about that. Eight minutes, just over eight minutes to yeah. go, and you come back down 22. I'm sure Sacramento loved it. <laughs> I still, I mean, say that out loud, brothers. Can you believe that actually happened? 32 to four run. Oh, my goodness. To end the game. I mean, you, you, say it out loud. Down 22 with just over eight minutes to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, it should just be over at that point. <laughs> it, Stop it, it. it should just be. It should just be over. Uh, so that's what's uh, what's out there for the Suns tonight. Now here's Bradley Beal talking about the importance of these last two games. Obviously, get two wins. You know, uh, we got to take it a game at a time first. But Sack is a tough opponent. You know, we played them very tough last time right here. I think what, that's the game. Kitty hit the game winner. So you know, that's a that was a really tough game, really fast paced game. We we seen what pace looks like. Uh, so we got our hands full tomorrow night for sure. Sabonis is playing at an elite level. So we got to make sure we, we contain them, slow them down, and try to get to this break with, with two more wins and keep us at a good five. Yeah, you know, we were talking a little bit about this earlier, but the Kings are up 2-1 in the season series. They've played three times, of course. They've won two of them right now. They're going to play two more times this season, including tonight's game. The Kings are 6-4 and four in their last 10 games, but they've lost three of their last four. And the Suns are, what, a half game in front of the Kings mm-hmm. right now? Half game, number five and number six, respectively. And that is, um, I guess, six and seven. Six it, and seven, that okay. Is, but they're only a half game back in New Orleans. But that is a, uh, I mean, that's an important line, right? The drop between six and seven is, yes. is a huge deal. And Dallas is only uh, you know half game back of the Suns as well. So just to kind of relive that game against Sacramento earlier this season, Darren Fox hit a three at 822 left in the fourth quarter to put the Kings up 109-87. And the Suns won that game 119 to 117. That's that's unreal. That is unreal right there. I, I just I want to see the Suns go out and take care of business. You got the Kings that are 30 and 22. We know this is a capable, good team, the Sacramento Kings, and the Suns 31 and 22 right now. But you're playing at home. I just want to see some intensity again. I want to see this develop on this team. I've been talking about it for a long, long time. I'm sick of hearing myself talk about it. But all that talent is there. The Suns have all the talent they're going to need. They, they have the talent to win the whole thing, in my opinion. Okay, now they need that toughness. Show me that. Part of being tough is being intense and knowing how to manufacture that intensity and bring it to bear. Bring it to the floor. Night in and night out. Do it. Consistency. That's what they need. And... That shows up, that intensity on the defensive end of the floor more times than not. It'd be a great promo for the show. Just Wolf saying, I'm sick of hearing myself talk about this. That's true. <laughs> uh, here's more from Jeremy's Bradley He's out there cutting. Yeah, he's like, hey, let's, let's put this together. I mean, we understand how important it is for us to get a win and important for us to stay at five and continue to move move up. Uh, we're in a really good spot, but you know, we could be in a better spot for sure. We got to get these last two. And, uh, you know, after break, we all know that's that's downhill after that. But, you know, it's, we're confident where we are. Um, our energy is great. Our focus is where it needs to be. We know we got a tough, last tough two. The ones in front of break always, everybody's just looking forward to just getting on their flights and going wherever they're going. But, you know, it's, we want to be a championship team. We got to, every game matters, you know, especially the last two and the two after break. That's always the... Two after break, too. That was interesting. He threw that in there. But yeah. don't even lose focus for those two coming out of the break either. <laughs> you want to be tough. You want to be tough. You want your individual players to be tough. You want to be tough collectively as a team. Tough is about what lies within. And when you think of tomorrow night, let's say they go ahead and they win. They, they beat the Sacramento Kings. 
Okay, now what does that say? All is well. He just beat the Sacramento Kings. This is a good team. They're a half game behind us in the standings. We just beat them. That's good. That's going to be a quality win right there. All is well. Oh, we've got the Pistons. Well, we're playing at home. All is well. And it's the Pistons. All is well. And we've got All-Star. All this is going to be great. You can see where the brain, where the mind, where the soul would start to wander. This is going to be a litmus test for what we might see in the second half of the season against the Pistons and how well they go out and play against the Pistons. You know, for for everything, all the people wondering what's wrong with the Suns. Like I told you, I did that radio interview yesterday. It was actually in Kansas City, so I don't even know why they were talking about the Suns. You figured yeah. they'd be talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah. Their first question was, what's wrong with the Suns? Uh, they're 31-22 and 22 this year. Last year at this time, they were 27-26. and 26. So... Already, you know, up on last year, but the record I think really doesn't really doesn't tell the story with this team. It's more the seventeen and seven in their last twenty four. It's the it's the noticeable improvement in different ways we've seen since I would say the Christmas Day game. And again, I'll go back to the last meeting with Sacramento. If you look where they were uh, in that stretch. We all pointed to that Lakers game on January 11th, right? Here we go. Maybe they can change something. They're coming off that second loss to the Clippers. Finally healthy for the Lakers. Hadn't beat the Lakers yet. They beat them. Three games later, they're playing Sacramento, and they're down by 22 with a little over eight minutes to go. If you if you lose that game, you know, you don't have the seven-game winning streak, obviously. Winning it, though, was really one of their biggest shows of resiliency this season, yes. I would say. Yeah, and, you know, once again, you you don't easily forget wins like that. You don't, yeah, collectively yeah. as a team. Now, individually, I think, yeah, you're going to, hey, you know what, honestly, next game, the game in front of you, the game in front of you, it's not a lot of professional athletes that look back. They look forward is what they do for the most part. Win or lose, you're always looking forward. But collectively as a team, that's one of those still point moments of a season where you know, Hey, man, you know what? How good is that to know that we can get down in that situation? As bad as it gets, 22 points with over eight minutes to go. Well, chalk this up as a... And and nobody quit. Nobody packed it up. Went out and competed. That's great to know that you can do that collectively. That's called team confidence. That has to be their most memorable game of the season if you just it, you go out to footprint center tonight somebody conducts the uh the unofficial survey of suns fans walking in and say well it's the most what what is the most memorable game of this season for you and i'm guessing the majority is going to say coming back from down 22 to sacramento with eight eight minutes and 10 seconds left that's what better james said yeah see that's see that? there there's our unofficial he was at that right game was he really yeah oh he may have to go to some important playoff pretty games, stunning but. Uh, if you subscribe to the Wolf and Luke Show podcast, subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You'll never miss any of the show. It's the Wolf and Luke Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. When we come back, the Cardinals, one of the teams most likely to control the 2024 NFL draft, will explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Vince Murata, join us Wednesday. We will wrap up the NFL season with Mark Schlereth and transition right into baseball. D-backs first workout. Spring training is here. Starting at 6 here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Yes, the Vince Murata remix of Rush right there. I was just going to say, how dare you talk over Getty Lee, <laughs> Vince. He fit it in, though, right before Getty started singing. I know. Well done. It would be great if Rush did a concert and they just had Vince come up and do a quick look ahead for tomorrow's show right now. I mean, Getty Lee, I think, would say to Vince, man, I'm playing bass here. What are you doing? You're talking over that. <laughs> uh, all right. There is a uh, a three-round mock draft with trades. Have I caught your interest yet, Wolf? <laughs> three-round mock draft with trades on NFL.com. We were talking about this earlier right now. Listen, you know, I, I get the exercise. It's fun. <laughs> we all look at it. This is kind of cool. Isn't it great talking about the draft? We all love the draft. We all, all love it. It just, you know, once again, the mock drafts, you, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. You just do. And it seems like an exercise in futility when it's really an exercise in fun. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, well, especially the trades. Like, a lot of times when I see projected, like, I'm looking at, like, Carolina's just, 42nd pick comes in a projected trade with the Vikings. Like, if you're trading second-round picks, you're really you're really throwing yourself into this mock draft. Listen, we already know, even if it's a first-round mock, a first-round mock where there's going to be 32 players drafted, even a first-round mock, we know how difficult it is to, to, to come anywhere close to nailing the first round. It, it is... It's unbelievable. There are stories that come out about how hard it is to actually predict an NFL draft in the first round. I remember ESPN used to do a thing. Um, I remember being in college for this where they, they had a contest where if you could correctly pick the first 10 picks, you won like a million dollars. Yeah. And like nobody ever right. won. Yes. I'm guessing somebody at some point did. Otherwise, well, I don't know why they stopped doing <laughs> they, it. They, they were like, knock that off. Yeah. What are you doing? But again, um, mock drafts with trades? Oh, man. Bruh, can I talk to you? <laughs> it's fun, though, once again, to go through the exercise, and that's what we're going to do. Well, they had their draft analyst, Chad Reuter, put it together, and I just wonder what logistically that's like. Like, if Chad's in the office and people are like, hey, what are you doing? Nobody talked to me for four months because yes. I'm going to put together a three-round mock draft with trades. Like, you can't... Three-round mock. You can't have people hanging out around your desk being like, hey, so uh, what you doing over here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to project third-round trades. Would you stop talking? <laughs> but for the Cardinals, because they pick so, so close to the top of the draft, I was interested to see what they would have the Bears do and what they would have the Cardinals do. And they did... They had the Bears make a trade, Wolf, but it's not... It's not the trade that I live in fear of right now. Okay. Because to me, the first three picks of this draft are quarterbacks unless the Bears trade down from one to three and take Marvin Harrison Jr. He doesn't have them doing that. He has the Bears taking Caleb Williams at one and then trading up to take Marvin Harrison Jr. at three. So he has the Bears taking two players in the top three. And then he has the Cardinals, can't take Marvin Harrison Jr., trading with Denver down to 12 and taking Malik Neighbors. Yeah. The thing is, I, I think the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. I think they are, too, unless the Bears mess it up. Unless the Bears. And, and by mess it up, I mean mess it up for us, not for them. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see how it unfolds right now. But uh, Chad Reuter, of course, in his mock draft right here, his three-round mock draft, my goodness. Um, Malik Neighbors, as you said, number 12. He has them trading down. And actually collecting a first and a third, a first round pick in 2025. 
He has him trading down and collecting a first-round pick in 2025 and a third-round pick this year. Yep. Another third-round pick. I mean, so even more. That gives him what? Four. Yeah. Uh, in fact, here, here's who he has them taking. He has them taking uh, Malik Neighbors. He has them taking Quinion Mitchell, the corner out of Toledo. He has them taking Graham Barton. Ever heard of him? The center yeah. from Duke? Yeah. Number 35. That's yep. my favorite pick, of course. That's, I figured it would be. Then he has them taking Chris Jenkins, defensive tackle from Michigan. Uh, Audric Esteem, <laughs> the running back out of Notre Dame. Cedric Gray, the linebacker out of North Carolina. And Jonah Ellis, the edge out of Utah in the third round. Because in his mock, he has them with four third-round picks. So just the positions that he has them addressing... Makes a lot of sense, but it is interesting that even if they can't get Marvin Harrison Jr., he still has them going after a receiver with their first pick. Yeah, and, you know, once again, Malik Neighbors is wildly talented. There's no doubt at LSU, the wide receiver for LSU, and I would say a guy that would be worthy of the number 12 pick overall, but it's not Marvin Harrison Jr. And because it's not Marvin Harrison Jr., because he's got them trading out of number four and not getting Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm barf bag, please. (laughs) By the way. They just showed Mike. They're replaying Chiefs Dolphins on NFL Network right now. Yeah, and so they they were doing the sideline interview with Mike McDaniel. Oh, did he look miserable in that yeah, cold? I know. Like you can only see his glasses basically, and it's just a bunch of clothes, and he looked so unhappy. He did. So did Tua. Yeah. Tua looked really, really bad, too. The Hard Knocks episode of that game was pretty good. That's the first time Hard Knocks has ever done a playoff game. It was it was pretty good. The game wasn't so good. Um, the neighbors thing at twelve. Just the the more the more you kind of dive into this stuff, doesn't it feel like they need to get an elite receiver in this draft? I'm going to be a little disappointed if it's like, yeah, okay, we traded out of four, we got a few more picks, and then you know we we addressed the offensive line and this and that, and then in uh, with pick 35, we took a receiver we like. Like that, that might be right, you know. Monty Austin Fort did really good in this first draft, I thought. But it just feels like you got to come out of this with Marvin Harrison Jr. if it's at all possible. And even if you can't get him, it feels like you have to get Malik Neighbors or Rome Odunze because you need a receiver so badly. Yeah, and I'm not saying you're wrong at all. Um, Look, Malik Neighbors is, is more than capable of turning into a Pro Bowl wide receiver. It's just the odds that we're talking about here. Roma Dunze, the same thing. I think, I I do believe he is a great Larry Fitzgerald comparison. He really is. And yet I think Marvin Harrison Jr. as well is also a franchise-wide receiver. And you know why, Basinonians? Because of who he is inside. Now, I know Larry Fitzgerald, of course. It's all about Larry. When it, when it, when it comes to the player that he was... It's about who Larry was that made him that great player. And that's the comparison I have with Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a bigger version, a slimmer version, a thinner (laughs) version (laughs) of Larry Fitzgerald, in my opinion, and could have the same kind of impact. I know Roma Dunze is a guy that a lot of people make that comparison physically, because of how he's built, his height and his weight. But I think what lies within, Larry is a better a better comparison to Marvin Harrison Jr. It's funny you say that because I have heard that comp before, and I 
want to say it was Mel Kuyper, but I don't want to attribute it to Mel Kuyper if it wasn't. But it, it was somebody who knows what they're talking about that was like, yeah, the, the, the comparison is, is fits to, uh, to, to Marvin Harrison Jr. I'll just say this, of the three, looking again at this mock draft, he has, when they take Malik Neighbors, he still has a Dunze on the board. He has him actually going later at like uh, 14 to the Saints. Of the three, and this is nothing against Malik Neighbors, who might be the best someday, but he's the six-foot guy. I would rather have the 6'3", 215-pound Roma Dunze or certainly Marvin Harrison Jr. in his 6'4 frame. That's The yes. Cardinals need somebody like that specifically. Yes. I agree. When's the draft? Like tomorrow? Yeah. No. We got months to okay. talk about this. I'm ready for it. But that's okay. I'm here for it, too. <laughs> uh, last time the Suns played the Kings, they pulled off a historic comeback. So what do they have to do for an encore tonight? We're going to ask their broadcaster. Kevin Ray joins us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Caps it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the ball. Catching bodies on his way to the rack. Sons, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Game day with K-Ray, it's... Picking up a player off the buyout market day with K-Ray. That one doesn't have the same ring to it, but it's it's true. Uh, Suns, Kings tonight. Kevin Ray joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. K-Ray, what's going on, man? Hey, how we doing today, Chance? Doing pretty good. We're doing good, K. I'm, I'm looking at this. This is actually up on Arizona Sports right now, but they, they uh, have a, a post from StatMuse. Players with, there's, there's going to be a lot of numbers here, but just bear with me. Players with 12.1 points per game or more. 5.2 rebounds per game or more, 1.3 steals per game or more, 50.1 field goal percentage or more, 30.2 three-point percentage or more all-time in their career. There's three of them, okay? Magic Johnson, LeBron James, Thaddeus Young. <laughs> wow. wow. Imagine that. <laughs> what, what What did the Suns just get today, Kay? Well, they they got, you know, they it, it's obvious they got another veteran, but they've got a guy who's been in the playoffs. You know, uh you look at Royce O'Neal, 44 playoff games. You know, that that is I know that oftentimes we can get caught up in you know in, in the the young talent that is out there. Um but as as we have seen the experience, especially as you get deep into the playoff and the rigors that comes with it, you you want a proven guy. And you look at that roster that Frank Vogel coached to a championship with the Lakers. It, it was pretty much, not you know, not completely, but pretty much a veteran-led group. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me, but I think it's great to, to get a guy like this because everything I know about Thaddeus Young. Uh, is that he is he's always been an easy fit in any locker room and as you guys know that that goes a long ways no doubt about it Kay. I, I i love it i mean at this point in time i'm not saying that thaddeus young's going to come in here and suddenly change everything for the phoenix suns but uh, that guy is a dog he's just another pro in my opinion he's a glue guy he's going to go about his business i love it it's great um yeah well look you you, you throw him in there with royce o'neill now with a josh yeah. Kogi. 
all of a sudden you, your defense and you said it, you know, that you, you needed, you, you need to have more than just one dog in the playoffs. Uh, the Suns have certainly learned that hard lesson the last couple of years. Uh, and, and so now you've got at minimum a trio of them. And, and I would throw in, look, David Roddy doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, but this kid, my goodness, uh, he he's got a he's got the body of a linebacker slash tight end, throws himself around. I mean, so I I I'm really excited about the addition of David Roddy. We're talking to Kevin Ray, uh, Kay. You know, Royce O'Neal's only played one game. He only played eleven minutes, or one game with the Suns. It was an interesting performance, though. I mean, he had a steal, a block, an assist, four rebounds, uh, hit a three. I mean, very limited time, first game with a new team. I know the sample size is extremely small, but what have you seen from him, and what are you expecting from him going forward? Well, that's again, you know, just kudos to James Jones and the and the crew for you know, for navigating, um, you know, the choppy trade waters and getting a guy like Royce O'Neal. And, and I think what you saw in that first game, yeah, it's not eye-popping numbers, but it's the beauty of Royce O'Neal. Because, look, he's been through, you know, trades. So he knows, as a veteran, um, you know, kind of the, the mentality that you have to operate with. And, you know, says, okay, this is my new place of residence, this is my new team. He's played with KD before, so that always makes it a little bit easier. But he's a guy that you, you don't worry about, oh, my goodness, it's going to take him 10 or 15 games to fit in. Uh, and, look, again, like I say, just from a defensive perspective, you know, when you're looking at defensive and offensive, you know, situational basketball, that's a guy you can throw out there with great confidence. Talk a little bit about tonight's game, the front end of a back-to-back with the Sacramento Kings, of course. Talk about some of the matchups in this. What do you expect to see? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a Kings team that's coming off a loss. They uh, they got beat on the road to OKC on uh, on Sunday. But, it, you know, they, they just got weapons all over the floor. You start with, you know, DeMontis Sabonis. He's just a walking triple-double <laughs> at his 17th you know, which leads the league. And he's had four triple-double guys in the last five games. Um, and, and one of those 17 came against the Suns, albeit the Suns did rally from 22 down to, right. to win. Um, the, you know, a couple of their guys have been struggling from the field a little bit. De'Aaron Fox's numbers have tapered off uh, a little bit over the last four or five games. But, man, you just got to be on high alert because of the pace that they love to play with. And then you throw out Malik Monk. I mean, this dude is a walking flamethrower. He dropped 26 in the game on Sunday against Oklahoma City. So, you know, it's a game that the Suns defensively are going to have to be on point. You, you've got to talk a little bit like what we saw with Golden State. You really have to talk and talk out loud defensively so that you can stay attached to the guy you're supposed to. Talking to Kevin Ray, Kay, of course, the last time the Suns played the Kings, they were down 22 with 8-10 left. They came back and won. They mm. were the first NBA team in the previous 1,244 tries to be down 22 in the fourth and come back and win. I'm guessing Sacramento probably hasn't forgotten that. <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's a, it's a relatively safe bet there, <laughs> Luke. Uh, and, and look, this this game becomes big, guys. And we said it that night, you know, early on before the Suns got themselves down by 22. But this is a Kings team, remember, 
leads the regular season series. And we said if the Suns had any hope of winning the regular season series, they had to win that night. Well, they did it. Well, guess what? You still need to win tonight at the very least to put yourself in a position for, you know, for the series win, which, by the way, is in Sacramento on April the 12th. So there's a lot to be taken into this game. Sacramento was seemingly locked into the five spot for the entire first part of the season. They've dropped down down to seven. So you can kind of help yourself twofold with a victory here tonight. Okay, is there an individual matchup that you're really looking forward to tonight? And if so, which one is it? Well, you know, it's it's always for for me. It it, it starts with uh, Demontis Sabonis and how the Suns will try to play him and who they will try to play him, you know, up against. Because you know, when you when you look at Nurk, yeah, he's got the size advantage, but Sabonis can just pull you all over the floor, and he is like, you know, he is the, the center, he's the axis of their offense, and you know, defensively, he can stress you and get you into foul trouble. And so for me, that's the one that, that I look at. And can Nurk stay on the floor and punish them uh, there on the offensive end of the floor? Okay, I was, I was talking to Wolf earlier in the show. I told him I was doing a radio hit in a different city yesterday. The very first question they asked me is, what's wrong with the Phoenix Suns? And I had to double-check that they are, in fact, 17-7 and seven in their last 24. Is, <laughs> do you notice that that perception is still out there? That's I know they're in sixth place. They're not in first, and they've got the big three, and maybe people expected that. But I, I think they're playing pretty good basketball the last almost two months now. Yeah, look, you know, when, when I get those questions, it, 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 uh, I'll use a player's favorite word, which is those are casuals, which means they're, they're not really spending a whole lot of time digging into the details. You know, I, I think oftentimes the perception is this team should be sitting, you know, at the number one spot or the number two spot and, you know, should be well, you know, further above 500 than they are. Uh, and look, not really taking into consideration the litany of injuries and the, the time that those guys have been out. So, you know, when folks say that, you just kind of shrug your shoulders and, and say, okay, you clearly haven't been paying too much attention over the last month and a half of the season. It's okay. Um, got your plane ticket? Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> I do, <laughs> Of course he does. He's going to be putting on sunscreen on the fourth I've been, no, I've been I've waiting. I've forward with me. I've got the big board of the spinning wheel, baby. We're going to see where he takes it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right, Kay. Thanks a lot, man. You got it, fellas. Have a good one. That's Kevin Ray joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. You know, it's a good point he makes, too, about the the head-to-head series. I mean, these teams are so bunched up right now. The Pelicans, the Suns are a half game back. Sacramento and Dallas are a half game back of them. And you're right on that border of being in the playoffs or having to go into the play-in, and the first tiebreaker head-to-head is head-to-head record, right? So you've got to, like, yeah. you got to keep beating Sacramento. <laughs> you know I'm over here right now. I mean, honestly, do we have a promotion? Do we have a game we could play? Guess where Where's K-Ray's K-Ray? Ray? Where's K-Ray? I feel like, okay, let's play this. If he was going to Barbados, I think he would have said it. He would have said it. Because that would have that would have played right I mean, into the bit. But then again, he really, okay. How about Cabo? It's, Cabo definitely, it's definitely somewhere with Sun. Okay. He's not like going to like Greenland or something. I, I, I would guess Cabo San Lucas. He's not one of these like Alaska cruise guys. He's definitely going somewhere. Yeah. yeah okay. That's it. He's going to change it up. He's not going to go back 
to Barbados, what right? What's uh, Turks and Caicos? Maybe that seems like those are some islands out there. Wow. Yeah. Man, I, I, I don't know where those are. I just know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there. that's great. I know a lot of people that go there. I don't. Uh, all right. When we come back, Super Bowl's over. What could the Cardinals potentially learn from what we saw on Sunday? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.